3: Christmas greetings from this station, Seattle's friendly voice, KIRO.
4: It's the great big KIRO News Radio Holiday Special, coming to you live from the Cairo studios along East Lake Avenue near the shores of Historic Lake Union in Seattle. Join us now as your favorite Cairo voices present songs, stories, and surprises to celebrate the season. Our program this evening stars Dave Ross, Colleen O'Brien, Lisa Brooks, Nick Kratia, Aaron Granillo, Charlie Harger, Nicole Jennings, Aaron Mason, Dory Monson, Chris Sullivan, and Cairo 7's Lauren Donovan. The weather outside is frightful. The time is a few days before Christmas. The place is the North Pole. Just as Dick Mallard predicted in his pinpoint forecast, a major convergence zone has settled over the top of the world with high winds and heavy blowing snow. It's pretty bad up there, folks. Santa, the jolly old elf, is concerned that even with Rudolph, the weather conditions are so bad he may not be able to fly around the world delivering toys from his magic sleigh. But he has a backup plan in mind.
2: Attention, everyone. <clears throat> May I please have your attention?
3: What is it, Santa? Now, now, quiet,
2: quiet down, everyone. Quiet down. I know some of you will think this plot has been lifted right from that old Rudolph TV special. But the weather so bad. I'm sorry, but I think we're going to have to cancel Christmas.
0: Cancel?
3: You know, you're
2: right. That plot does sound pretty familiar. I never, never mind about that now. As I was saying, it doesn't look good, the weather I mean, but we still have a few days before Christmas Eve will be here, and the conditions may yet improve. Only Dick Mallard knows, I'm afraid. Either way... We still want to bring joy to the world, regardless of whether or not the reindeer and I can get off the ground and see where we're going and be able to deliver all those presents.
5: You want me to look and check the air traffic reports and road conditions, Santa? Uh,
2: Not yet, Traffic Elf, not yet. I have an idea, and I need everyone's help.
5: Just what do you have in mind, Santa?
2: Well, 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 it's like this. Who here is familiar with the concept of Radio broadcasting.
5: The concept of w- 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 what? Radio broadcasting
3: sounds scary. Now, now, now yeah. quiet
2: down, elves. Quiet down. Radio is not scary. Old Santa can promise you that. Look around the workshop here. Notice anything different? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you can. As you can see, I've had some help from some engineer friends here at the North Pole from the Strategic Air Command boys monitoring the dew line. They've brought in all these devices here, which they tell me are called microphones.
0: You mean those funny things that are stuck on top of the shiny pipes?
2: Uh, Precisely. And all we have to do is talk into them. Those funny things stuck on top of the shiny pipes, as you say, Elf Colleen, the microphones, through the magic of Christmas and the best of Cold War science and technology, we'll put on what's called a radio show, and we will magically send a holiday cheer all through the air, around the world, to good boys and girls everywhere, through their
3: radios.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Elves, but settle down. I've already spoken to some of you about helping me out with the show, and I've made a list here. Checked it twice, of course. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) see what I did there? Now, this list has songs and stories and surprises. I think in the radio business, they might call this a rundown. Too bad we didn't have time for a proper show prep meeting or any rehearsals. Oh well. So on this list, this rundown, I've written all the things we're going to have in our radio show tonight. It will more than make up for all those presents I won't be able to deliver. So let's begin with a song, shall we? Uh, piano elf and, and Nick over here. Are you oh, ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be, Chris Gringo.
3: All right. I hear those J I N G L E bells. Oh, those holiday J I N G L E bells. Oh, I hear those J I N G L E B E double L S. I hear those jingle bells all the way. Oh, dashing through the snow in a one horse open sleigh. O'er oh, the fields we go laughing all the way. Tell Ray, making a spirit cry What fun it is to ride and sing it slow and
2: what a festive way to begin our little North Pole radio show. And speaking of festive, well, there's nothing more festive for my money than a Christmas tree. And I hope everyone listening tonight has enough money to buy one this year. Have you seen those Christmas tree prices by Jove? Anyway, our next gift of holiday cheer comes from our dear old traffic elf. It's a story he's written for the occasion called The Perfect Christmas Tree.
5: Uh... Where's the traffic, Elf Santa?
2: Uh, he was he was here a moment ago. He knew his story was coming up. Oh, he was a little nervous about it.
0: Uh, I think he went outside to check on the roads.
2: Oh. Oh, 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 he did, did he? He should have checked the rundown first, the naughty boy.
5: <laughs> hmm. Oh, wait a second. Who's that? It's me, Santa. Oh. There's compact snow and ice everywhere you look, and everybody's following way too close.
2: Is that so? Well, it seems like a good time for you to tell your story, then. Let's get to it, shall we?
5: Sorry, Santa. Let me see. Here. Hello. Does this thing, this funny thing at the shiny pipe, is it on? Yes. Hello. Yes. Test it. Yes. <clears throat> yes.
2: Traffic elf. We can hear you just fine.
5: Okay. Here goes nothing. Mm. The story is called The Perfect Christmas Tree. I've been practicing, Santa. (laughs) There once was a young boy from Portland. He wasn't the brightest of children, but he was a good boy. He believed in the magic of Christmas, and it was his favorite time of year. He had a wonderful yet dysfunctional family, including doting grandparents and aunts. There was always more merry than money in his home, but the one thing the family never skimped on was the Christmas tree. A noble fir, about eight feet tall and plenty bushy, especially around the bottom to provide good hiding places for small gifts. The noble was also essential to hang all the heavy ornaments this family loved. Its branches are strong enough to hold the clay, handmade ornaments the family liked to make. Dad was well known for his Santas. This noble fir had to be cut down at a farm somewhere off of Old Shoals Ferry Road, possibly as far away as Newburgh. The family would pile into the blue station wagon on a Saturday early in December and head out for an adventure. And it was on these trips where this young boy from Portland learned about the search for the perfect Christmas tree. It was his mother who was responsible for his desire for perfection. It was her that would put scarves or gloves or hats on a variety of trees across the farm for the family to inspect. This family lost a lot of scarves, gloves, and hats. Dad would inspect, raising his hand to the top. His ability to determine an eight-foot tree was somewhat legendary. The mother would then start second-guessing the choices. The branches aren't full enough. There's a hole in the wrong spot. Not enough branches near the bottom. The search would continue and repeat, tree by tree. The family was even known to leave a lot if that perfect tree could not be found and take its search down the road. Eventually, the perfect tree would be found. It would usually be too tall, which would lead to the annual Christmas tree fight between Mom and Dad. Should they cut from the top or remove those oh-so-special lower bushy branches? Mom loved those bottom branches. Dad was more of a top man. He loved his star. It was somewhat gaudy golden star with plastic jewels that would light up from inside. Dad would almost always cut too much from the bottom, much to mom's dismay, and that's when tempers would really flare. But those branches always made for great bedding for the nativity scene on the fireplace mantel. Tempers would ease, and that tree, which was perfect when it was cut, would be the centerpiece of the holiday, or at least until it became too dry and a fire hazard. what our boy from portland experienced year after year and he took that never-ending search for the perfect christmas tree into his adult life this search which could border at times on mania was somewhat evident as he spent his first few christmases with his future wife searching lots around portland and she for some reason decided to stick with him this young couple had little money and little time for these searches early on in their life together the young man's mania for the perfect tree was somewhat reserved The young man worked nights and weekends. And he would feel shame telling his parents that there were times he grabbed a pre-cut noble fur from a lot. But those searches at the lot were still long and complicated. Perfection was always the goal. But the young man from Portland soon found himself turning into his mother when his beautiful baby son arrived. He wanted that baby to have the same magical feeling during Christmas that he had experienced as a boy. His search for the perfect Christmas tree went into overdrive. There would be no tree perfect enough for his saw. The family would search multiple lots looking for perfection. This family even hit six farms in one day one year before settling on a noble fir that was as close to perfect as he thought it could be. Some years, the family would leave one farm only to return to it later in the day. But many years, it seemed like settling. The trees were never as perfect as the ones from his youth or as perfect as his mind thought they were. He would look at the trees and agonize over the holes in the branches or the lack of bushiness. His trees were never perfect to him. That baby boy is now in college, and that young man from Portland is somewhat middle-aged. The search for perfection is easing. Maybe it comes with maturity. Maybe it's because the family has very few weekends to continue its quest. You see, that baby boy plays for a very good college football team and usually isn't home until right before Christmas. So one year, this family considered buying an artificial tree for about two seconds. But this family would not give in that easy. Practice uh, plastic perfection could never replace a near mint noble fir. But with its back against the wall and Christmas a week away, this family settled on a Charlie Brown style tree from Lowe's. Yes, Lowe's. It was one of the last trees on the lot. It was under six feet tall. It wasn't very bushy. Its needles fell when it moved. Many of them were already brown, but it was a noble fir. The family propped up that sad little tree on a box holding an ice maker they'd never used. They wrapped that box in green felt. They put up the lights. They put up many of their special ornaments, as many as they could. You see, this little tree just didn't have strong or many branches. As the family put presents under that little tree and spent the week keeping the two cats from pulling it down, that Lowe's cast-off tree began to grow on the middle-aged man from Portland. And on Christmas morning, with his wife, son, and those two cats curled up under that tree, the young man from Portland finally realized something. After 50 years of searching, there is no such thing as the perfect Christmas tree. The only thing that matters are the people curled up in front of it. (laughs)
0: a gun in the face Then
5: all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today
0: started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela
5: they said you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us
2: for that heartwarming story, Traffic Elf. You're
5: welcome, Santa. Uh, uh, Santa, Santa, uh, I don't don't think it's on your rundown here, but uh, the Elf Choir that I direct, uh, you know, the Dick Mallard singers, Mm -hmm. um, well, they would like to sing a little song as a thank you to Traffic Elf. (laughs) How
2: how delightful! How delightful indeed! A
5: surprise for me? Gosh! Yes, yes, well, we've been practicing since Thanksgiving. Uh, We know it's your favorite holiday song. Oh boy, I can't wait for this. Let's well, hear well, it.
2: Just give me a moment to add this to my copy of the rundown. Special <laughs> song, Trevor favorite. And you say you actually rehearsed it? <laughs> well, wonders <laughs> never cease. This might be the only part of the show anybody rehearsed.
3: Okay, okay. Uh, are we ready, singers? Yay! Yes! Uh, will you please
5: start us off, piano elf? Hey, <laughs>
3: floor. Fresh the and you can ride for free Just get a flex class bring are friends and family It's fast and it's so easy Just try it, you will see We're flexing our flex class So we can ride for free
2: yeah. Yes, I'm in the holidays You know, this is so good Let's sing it one more time Take it away, boys
3: Express lane when you can ride for free. Just get a flex pass, bring your friends and family. It's fine it's so easy. Just try it, you will see. We're flexing our flex fast, so we can run for free
2: Now then where was I? Oh Where's my rundown? Yes, 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 here we are. Let's see, next item is a a holiday classic, which so many parents will identify with. Who here remembers newspapers and letters to the editor? Nobody. Well, trust me, they were a big deal once upon a time, especially before the internet.
3: The
2: what? Yeah, never mind. Now, as I say, many, many years ago, a little girl from New York City. "'began to doubt my existence. "'Can you believe that little girl? "'Doubting the very existence of the one and only Santa Claus? "'This little girl's friends, they weren't much help either, little doubters. "'Fortunately, she was lucky enough to have a dad "'who was a devoted newspaper reader "'who was particularly devoted to a newspaper called the New York Sun. "'And the Sun was blessed to have an editor by the name of "'Francis Foselis Church. "'So you put this all together... See if you can follow me here. A little girl with doubts about and useless doubting friends. And a dad with a subscription to the New York Sun. And maybe some stationery and a postage stamp. And one of those old quill pens, just like the one I'm using here. And the rest is, as they say, history. So, here then, with a little vignette I like to call, Yes, Virginia. That is a Santa Claus. ...are two of my favorite news elves, Nicole and Aaron.
0: Dear Editor, I am eight years old. Some of my little friends say there is no Santa Claus. Papa says if you see it in the sun, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there really a Santa Claus? Signed, Virginia O'Hanlon, 115 West 95th Street, New York, New York.
1: Oh, Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They've been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe except they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds all minds virginia whether they be men's or children's or little in this great universe of ours man is a mere insect an ant in his intellect as compared with the boundless world about him as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge yes virginia there is a santa claus he exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist and you know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy Alas, how dreary would be the world if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith and no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. We would have no enjoyments except in sense and sights. The eternal light with which childhood fills the world would be extinguished. (laughs) not believe in santa claus you might as well not believe in fairies (laughs) you might get your papa to hire men to watch and all the chimneys on christmas eve to catch santa claus but even if they did not see santa claus coming down what would that prove nobody sees santa claus but that is no sign that there is no santa claus the most real things in the world are those that neither children nor men can see Did you ever see fairies dancing on the lawn? Of course not, but that's no proof that they're not there. Nobody can conceive or imagine all the wonders there are unseen and unseeable in the world. You may tear apart the baby's rattle, see what makes the noise inside, but there is a veil covering the unseen world which not the strongest man nor even the united strength of all the strongest men that ever lived could tear apart. Only faith, fancy, poetry... Love, romance can push aside the curtain and view and picture the supernal beauty and glory beyond. Is it all real? Ah, Virginia. In all this world, there is nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus. Thank God he lives and he lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia. Nate, ten times, ten thousand years from now... He will continue to make glad the hearts of childhood. Signed, Francis Farcellus Church, Editor, The New York Sun, September 21st,
2: 1897. Thank you, Nicole and Aaron. <laughs> oh, that letter warms my heart every single time. And that Francis P. Church, he was quite a guy. I brought him quite a pile of gifts that year, yes, sir. Sadly, I don't expect to read anything quite that brilliant on Twitter anytime soon, that's for sure. (laughs) I wonder if old Francis had a blue check. Now, Elf Nicole, please stay right there by that microphone, because it's time for you to sing that old tearjerker Christmas song originally popularized in the 1930s by the British singer Vera Lynn. So here is Elf Nicole with The Little Boy that Santa Claus forgot.
0: Christmas comes but once a year for every girl and boy The laughter and the joy They find in each new toy I'll tell you of a little boy Who lives across the world. This little fella's Christmas is just another day. He's the little boy that Santa Claus forgot. And goodness knows he didn't want a lot. He sent a letter asking for some soldiers and a drum. It broke his little heart when he found Santa hadn't come In the street he envies all the lucky boys Then wanders home to last year's broken toys I'm so sorry for that laddie He hasn't got a daddy The little Forgot.
2: Thank you, thank you, Nicole. I I do want to point out that I've actually never forgotten a little boy or a little girl. You no, know, sir, the song is pure fiction. It's charming, of course, but all the time completely made up. Now, for our next little holiday present, I need to tune in Santa's magic radio so we can hear a story from Elf Dory, who is snowed in and unable to get here to Santa's workshop I need to fiddle with
6: these dials here. I'm just a moment, just to...
2: engineers showed me what to do. Uh, okay, if I press this flanger here, yeah. Dory, can you hear me, Dory? Yeah. Hello, Santa. Yes. Santa, can you hear me? Uh, uh, yes. you coming in? Yes,
6: you are coming in. <sighs> thank goodness. Yes. So go ahead. Well, thank you, Santa. Uh, my question, uh, question that was asked to me was a story about my my childhood. And as yes. you know, I grew up on the mean streets of Bali. Yes, and you And I want did. to take you back to the Christmas Eve of 1966. I was just five years old and... My mama asked me what I wanted to have for Christmas Eve dinner, and to explain my answer, I got to take you back to the summer of '66 when I was just four. We'd gone to to Knott's Berry Farm. That's in California. That's where all the where all the movie stars live. And uh, there was a flock of geese sitting there in a field at Knott's Berry Farm, and I was a very naughty four-year-old boy. I Tried to kick those geese. I shouldn't do that. should never, ever do that. And the geese flew away. And then I tried again, and they flew away again. And then I tried a third time, and one of those geese stood up to me. It came, and it took a chunk out of my shin. I still have that scar to this day, but the scar was fresh in Christmas Eve, 1966. And I thought, well, this is my way to get some revenge. And I said, Mama, for Christmas Eve dinner i would like us to have a goose she said all right son she sent me to the grocery store we had a little store on sunset hill in ballard called food town i walked in and i said mister i want your finest goose i want your finest goose for our Christmas Eve dinner, and he looked at me and he said, son, I'm sorry, our goose are all gone. I said, your goose are gone? He said, yeah, our goose are gone. And I didn't know what to do because now I had my heart set on a Christmas goose. And I remembered my mama and I, we'd driven by Green Lake a couple of weeks earlier, and I saw some geese there. It was about a three mile walk as the goose flies. And I started chucking across Northwest 65th all the way to Green Lake. And you have to understand, This is uh, Christmas time. The only geese still at Green Lake were the ones too lazy to fly south for the winter. But I knew that laziness made them fat. And I knew that fat would make them extra delicious. So I walked amongst those geese and I picked out the fattest, juiciest, most delicious looking goose that I could find. I picked him up and I started walking home. Back to Ballard. And something kind of magical happened on that walk home. The goose and I, we bonded. We became friends. We started talking about life and about politics. We were still two years away from the 68 election, but I asked the goose, if it was today, who would you vote for? And he said, huh? <laughs> and I thought, well, that sounds more like Humphrey than Nixon. And uh, we kept chucking across Northwest 65th. And by the time we got home, I said, Mama, this goose and I just became friends. Can, can you please prepare them for dinner? Because I don't have the heart. And she said, absolutely, son. And she said, the only thing you have to do is look up some information for me because I don't know how to cook a goose. She asked me, find out what temperature we should cook him at. Now, you have to understand, this is 1966. This is the early days of the Internet. It wasn't perfect and flawless (laughs) like it is now. I went to goose.com, and it said, you cook that goose to an internal temperature of 145. And I said, Mama, 145. And Mama cooked it to 145. And we sat down on that Christmas Eve. We had us a delicious Goose dinner. Mm. I went to bed, my belly all full, and my dreams all high. Mom had already told me she didn't have anything for, any money for toys, but... It was about 2 a.m. when the botulism set in. (laughs) It hit me hard. It hit me like those freight trains that rumbled by our house down at Shilshol. It came in like a wrecking ball, as Miley would say. (sighs) It was a rough night. But, like all roughness in life, it passed. And about 5 a.m., All that poison started to leave my body and I looked outside and a soft snow started to fall in Ballard. And with the botulism now a distant memory with the snow falling outside, all I had left were the fantastic memories of my Ballard Christmas goose. I remembered the friendship. I remember that delicious marbled fat... And I remember the sweet revenge that I got on his relative that took a piece out of me at Knott's Berry Farm the summer before. And that Christmas morning, I remembered thinking, this is the best Christmas ever. I don't know if it is to this day, but I know that that was the finest goose I ever had, Santa. Mm. Of course, that was the last goose I ever had. And that's the tale, Santa, of my ballad. Christmas goose. Wow. What a wonderful and no, heartwarming no. No.
2: story. No. Unless you're a goose, of course. Well, whos And isn't? We're all geese inside. Ha- had the goose not chosen Humphrey, would it have turned out differently?
3: <laughs> well,
6: he looked like a Nixon goose mm. when I scooped him up there at Greenland. I see. Yeah. Understood. He had a double chin. Mm. Thank you, Elf Dorian. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Santa.
2: Turning the page, it is time now to twist the dials once again on Santa's Magic Radio to bring in the voices of three wise men for a little holiday game show of Northwest Christmas Trivia. How's the radio going? All right. Are we getting it? Do I have the high sign? Are you with me, uh, David Farenthold of the New York Times? Yes. Ah, and are you with me, former Washington State Attorney General Rob McKenna? I am. And can you hear me there in the operating room, Dr. Gordon Cohen, M.D.? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Now, where are you all? Farenthal, where are you? Washington, D.C. You're in Washington. McKenna, where are you these days? Also Washington, D.C. You're both in Washington, D.C.? Dr. Cohen, I hope you're closer than that. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> How is Santa going to get to all of you in one night? <sighs> all right, fine. Are you ready to play Santa's Northwest Christmas Trivia Game Show? Yes, absolutely. You are. Do any of you know anything about the Northwest at all? All right. Sound effects. Sound of, <laughs> you've been to Ballard. Well, that'll have to do. Sound effects, Elf, will you please ring your jingle bells or something that makes a jingle belly noise when the contestants answer correctly? Is that going to be it? It sounds nothing like a jingle bell. All right. Now we've got it all going. All right, this should work out just fine. Question number one. It's multiple choice, as are they all. Santa photos were originally invented in 1943 at what Seattle retailer? Was it A, Walmart, B, Bartell Drugs, C, Frederick and Nelson? This question goes to Dr. Cohen.
1: Um, well,
5: I'm going to choose the pharmacy, Bartell Drugs.
2: I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) You are absolutely wrong, Dr. Cohen. It was, of course, Frederick and Nelson. No points for Cohen. The second question goes to David Farenthold. Here it is, question number two. Burl Ives, the actor who played Sam the Snowman on the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer animated special in the 1960s, the same show from which we borrowed the premise for tonight's program, <laughs> lived out his final years in what Washington State community? Was it A, Hump Tulips? Was it B, Dozy Wallops? Was it C, Anna Cortis? C, Anacortes. You say C, cordis, and that is correct. Ooh. The guy from the New York Times, the mainstream media, gets one point and seizes the lead. Question number three goes to Rob McKenna. Christmas carols were first sung live on the radio in Seattle in what year was it? 1906? 1918, or 1921? I'm going to go with C, 1921. 1921 is correct. <laughs> Let the record show. The former state attorney general has one point. The member of the mainstream media has one point. And the member of the medical community has zero points. That's the end of round one. And the score is 1 to 1 to 0. Don't any of you ask for a recount. You're not getting it. And now, round two of our Northwest Christmas Trivia Game Show with Dr. Cohen, David Farenthold, and Rob McKenna. The first question goes to Dr. Cohen. Here it is. A broadcast by the Magic Radio Santa, a holiday program for kids in Centralia and Chehalis in the 1950s, was once intentionally interrupted... By the sound of what common household item? Was it A, a blender, B, a vacuum cleaner, or C, a flushing toilet? (laughs) All these things happened before I was born, but I'm going to guess C, a flushing toilet. C, a flushing toilet, yes. Dr. Cohen is correct. And now is finally on the board. Question number two for David Farenthold. The holiday star at Westlake Park in Seattle originally debuted on the side of the Bon Marche department store in what year? Was it A, 1945, B, 1950, C, 1957?
5: Oh. I'm
2: going to go with uh, A, 1945. A, 1945. I'm sorry. Oh, dang it. You are wrong and now are tied with the doctor at one point. (laughs) Question number three. I didn't
5: know it was Northwest Christmas trivia.
2: Well, I'm sorry, but you heard the ground rules of the show. These are Northwest (laughs) Christmas questions. You had ample time to do your homework. I'm not going to curve the score. All right. Question number three. This is going to be the uh, tiebreaker, I believe, right? This is for everything, isn't it? Am I correct, judges? Yep. Question number three for Rob McKenna and all the marbles. In the Northwest Holiday Classic song, Who Says There Ain't No Santa Claus, written and performed by Ron Holden, what happens to the protagonist at the end of the song? Does he, A, confront Santa in his living room, B, chase a reindeer across his roof, or C, get sentenced to death and then die in the electric chair? Uh, I'm going to go with B, chases the reindeer across his roof. B. I'm sorry, Uh. Mr. McKenna, but despite your legal training and your two flawless appearances before the Supreme Court of the United States, you're wrong. A C. Get sentenced to death and die in the electric chair. Which means that our first ever Northwest Christmas quiz is a three-way tie. (laughs) Christmas (laughs) Christmas miracle! Yes, it is a Christmas miracle. And since there is no one to check your signatures or disqualify any of your ballots, that's the way it's going to have to stand. You'll all have to serve for the next two years. (laughs) <laughs> as winners of the Christmas competition, gentlemen, thank you so much for your appearance and Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas. Merry well, <laughs> that was as exciting as any quiz show I have ever hosted. <laughs> Good night, gentlemen, and by the say say hi to Francis Farcella's church, David. So many talents here at the North Pole. Well, I have some spoken word I'd like the elves and I to perform for you. It is uh, one of my favorites, because it's all about me. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) this famous poem was first published anonymously on December 23rd, 1823. That's 199 years ago. And the publication it first appeared in was the Troy Sentinel of Troy, New York, which was, kids, a newspaper newspaper. The author is generally believed to have been Clement Clark Moore, who Wikipedia describes as an American writer, scholar, and real estate developer. However, there are some who say the true true author was Henry Livingston Jr., or maybe it was Francis Bacon. Who knows? We shall likely never know the poem's true provenance, but here is that American holiday classic, A Visit from St. Nick.
5: "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house "'not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. "'The stockings were hung by the chimney with care,
0: "'nestled all snug in their beds "'while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads, "'and Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap "'had just settled down for a long winter's
3: nap.
1: "'When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, "'I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter.' Away to the window, I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and
4: threw up the sash.
1: The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eye should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer.
0: With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came. And he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As
3: dry leaves before that the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the house, top the coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too.
5: And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my hand and was turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came
3: with a bound.
4: special star, Colleen O'Brien, Chris Sullivan, Charlie Harger, Lauren Donovan, Nick Cracia, Aaron Mason, Nicole Jennings, Aaron Granillo, Lisa Brooks, and as that jolly old radio elf himself, was performed by John Angerman. Yeah. And all the terrific live sound effects were performed by Curtis Takahashi.
3: Yeah.
4: Audio engineering was by Steve Allen and Nathan Gemmett. Yeah. This is Cairo News Radio 97.3 in Seattle bringing you our great big Cairo News Radio holiday special for 2022. We hope to join you again in person next year for live holiday programs at Halloween and Christmas. We wish everyone in your family a very merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Everybody, let's give our listeners a big great big holiday greeting. Hey! My name is Felix Baddell. I produced and directed tonight's show. This is Cairo News Radio, 97.3 in Seattle. Good night, everyone, around the great Northwest and all of the world. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. <laughs>